Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Live from Estopin All In. It's the Bamos Morados Podcast, powered by the state of Louisville. Welcome to another episode of the Vamos Morados Podcast. I'm Benton Newman. You can find me on Twitter at PurpleSDF. Hey, I'm Zach. You can find me on Twitter at Zach W. Allen. And we've brought in a special guest again. We're welcoming back Miss Becky Morgan. Becky, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing awesome. So with the Women's Cup matches happening, uh, within the next few days, can't believe it's already snuck up on us. We're going to dedicate most of the episode speaking to those matchups because it's something I'm really excited about. And I know a lot of other people are as well. Women's Cup special. Yeah, Women's Cup special. But before we do that, we will talk about the the Louisville City match. However, we won't spend a normal a lot of time on that. So Zach, I say we go ahead and just jump right into that. Sound good? All right, sound good. Yeah, so... um, 2-1 2-1 win for uh, for Louisville City, taking on Tulsa, who we lost against last time. What was the score line there? 3-2? It's a high score affair. We won 3-2 the first time, lost 3-2 the second time. So, yeah, the scores flipped between the first two matchups. But what, what was important there is that both those were on the road. So now this matchup and then the next one against Tulsa will be at home, which I think their field size is a little smaller, so they like to I, I saw that. Nile was was crediting the win to the, the bigger fields in, in the post-game interview. He mentioned that, that the, our Lynn Fenning Stadium suits our style of play a little better than Tulsa's field yeah. does. That's one thing I like about soccer is that it's not like – they can vary a little bit. Baseball's got yeah. that too. Like there's not it's like my favorite a, thing about so. baseball, so I like that soccer's got a little bit of that. They're all, yeah. they're all rectangles, but right. yeah, the dimensions can change. So as far as the the win and play goes, I mean we were we were off to a pretty fiery start. I think what seven minutes in, uh, Paulo nearly nearly found himself a goal with like a karate kick sort of uh, sort of I, shot I, off across from Ownby. Yeah, another great cross fired from Ownby. The uh, the only lineup notes I had uh, was Nile was back, which was good to see because I know he had like he came out of that game a couple weeks ago just feeling like weird knee issues so glad to see him get the start and um another start for gonzalez who i think has been looking really good oh yeah he's gonna, i think he'll be a regular regular feature yeah. so um yeah early uh some early uh intensity from louisville city i think they cracked the code what was it some 10 odd minutes in so it didn't take too long 10th minute yep 10th another minute. i guess 
I think every there's been a goal in the first 10 minutes every game against Tulsa. Yeah, they have a little bit of a porous defense. So I'm glad we were able to get on the score sheet early. Cameron Lancaster, goal number 61 in his USL career. He's a machine. He, he knows how to be in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Especially and, on that second goal. Yeah, well, yeah. Let's go ahead and get to that one. I was going to say, I don't really have many other notes from that, from the first half. A lot of control. Didn't find the, find the net anymore in that first half, but overall is respectable there. But that second goal, what was that? Who was, who was on the, it was a corner kick. It was a corner. And that was about the fourth attempt on the corner. Like that was, that thing was ping-ponging around in the box for a while. time. It, yeah, it was like to the far post. It got headed down, and it was frankly a little bit of a mess in the box. I think we were yeah. we were the only ones touching the ball, thankfully, for the most part. But, yeah, so, you know, Cameron Lancaster instinctively found the ball and buried it in the back of the net for a goal. 62 in his USL career. It's crazy. It keeps adding up. And post – I mean, that, that's what I get for – saying things on the internet but i had said it because he sprained his ankle pretty bad earlier in the game or at least it looked like an ankle sprain but Mm -hmm. from how he was reacting yeah and came off the field and was limping around and got back on the field and like collapsed onto his knees and was hopping on one leg and i was yelling like why are you like leaving him in for so long like (laughs) just throw greg in there we've already got the lead and then uh and then he aggravated it like 10 minutes later and was hobbling around again. Uh, but then, yeah, I guess shows what I know because he <laughs> seemed to shake it off <laughs> yeah, I for, for that last like 15 or 20 minutes. Yeah, I thought he was, uh, he was about to come off. But, um, the only within the match, you know, aside from that, the goal at the end was, I think it was early in the, in the second half. I don't remember when. I, I, I can't recall if it was before a second goal or not. They had a free kick from like right outside the box. And boy, that Ooh. was close. It just skimmed off the top crossbar. Yeah. Real, real close to it. But aside from that, I don't feel like they had too, too many like notable chances. Yeah. I mean, well, and did. that was one when they were lining up for that kick. Uh, Cause I think for the most part, Siegfried has done well in his starts, but one, one big dis- difference just visually is he's like, he's a little bit shorter than Hubbard. And like just looking at the goal for that free kick, it's like, man, there's a lot of, there's like a lot of goal around him that he's got to cover. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought he did pretty well being in the right spot yeah. for that one. But if if that had gone in, that would have been yeah, really because the placement was beautiful. Had that shot been eight inches shorter, there's nothing he would have been able to do. There's no no yeah. keeper would have saved that. Yeah, so nearly a scary moment there. But unfortunately, we did end up conceding. It was off of a corner kick and and added time. I mean, what's like yet another 90th hap- minute goal? Yeah, what what keeps happening there? Is it is it is it just bad luck or they or we think we're having some defensive lapses there? So I've been digging into some of I, I wanted to see if there were some statistics that backed up my just eye test. Um, and it, it seems to me like the team definitely lets off the gas a bit when they have leads this year. And I, I was looking up, there's a, there's a pretty good stat for just telling like how well a team's playing. It's called goals added. And it's basically every, every action that happens in the game 
did did that action make you more likely or less likely to score a goal? And you add that up, and that's how many goals added you have. Um, so if you make a really good pass and get the ball closer to the goal, you've added like a small amount of goals added. But you can sort it by score line. And um, when the game is level or when they're behind, they are first in the league in goals added. Um, they, they're very, very good. When, they're, when they have a lead of one or more goals, they drop to fourth. So they're still good, but they definitely don't play as good with the lead as they do when it's even or when it's behind, and which sort of, which sort of backs up what, what I've seen. And I, it's not a huge, like, thankfully they've been doing this with two goal leads. So it's not, it's not been changing game outcomes, but yeah. I think it is, it's not a thing you want to see keep happening. Yeah. And I think I mean, coach Cruz said something to that effect in the post game that that's, that's a thing they have to address, even though they're getting results. Yeah. I mean, it sucks that it happened, but even going into this match, like Tulsa is such a high offensive team, even if they've yeah. kind of been a little slumpy recently, I felt they had at least a goal in them walking into it. So I'm not shocked with the scoreline at FB, but it is disappointed yeah, at how it happened. 2-1 is a good scoreline against Tulsa. They average one and a half goals a game. So they like they held them under their average. It's yeah. a solid game. I think 2-1, um, just looking at how the game played out, that was a fair scoreline, I think. Yeah it was like right at two to right at one expected goals. So you can't say that like, Oh, they, they let up and let in an easy goal. I mean, that Tulsa probably was going to score a goal in that game based on the opportunities they had. So I I think it's a fair, it's just the timing of it. I think had that, had that goal come earlier in the game, it's just because they keep giving up goals in the last like eight minutes that it just feels like a trend. Yeah. I mean, all in all, I felt like it was a pretty, pretty standard match you know 2-1 score line we did exactly what we we should have the you know the goal tally aligns with the uh, the expected goals i mean another another win i i think one thing of note i do want to bring up is that we we got helped out a little bit in the west as far as the overall standings go both phoenix and el paso racked up another draw each unfortunately it was almost a loss for each of them but i think it was the 96th minute in both matches both of them yeah those teams scored to get the draw <laughs> my goodness how close is that Ugh. well and i wanted to know i mean defensively yeah i mean lots of clean sheet jokes on twitter aside like they they have been solid defensively. They, like they have an above average defense still um just not not the elite defense that I think you always want to see. Yep. Um, but offensively, they've been more than elite. They're averaging 2.17 goals per game this season, which is yep. way up there. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, that is in line to be maybe their best offensive season ever if they continue that pace. Oh yeah, absolutely. And the clean sheet stuff—that's just us being spoiled and really nitpicky. Yeah. So well, and they're not, they're not actually that far off the lead in clean sheets. I think they're only like three games back. Mm-hmm. In clean sheet. I'll have to double check it. Cause I haven't looked this week, but I, mean, I think they were like, uh, um, yeah. El Paso is the lead right now. And they only had one, like two or three more at, yeah. at the time. So, so I mean, they're not super far back. Yeah. We're just, um, we're just spoiled. And then actually I'm going to use that as a nice segue to say, we're also spoiled. That we have the women's cup 
come into town. We're about we're to get some, real spoiled. Yeah, we're about to have some international teams join, a shot at some hardware. Um, I'm pumped. Becky, what are, what are your just overall thoughts about this Women's Cup? I'm excited, and I'm excited because I have absolutely no idea what to expect from it, honestly. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I know Barron's or – Barron's never been here to the U.S. and played here, I don't think. I think PSG may have a while ago in a different form. So, I mean, like, who knows? Yeah, it's it, – for me, too, it's really hard to judge. Like, I I know it gets thrown around a lot that the NWSL is, like, the best women's league in the world. But I, I honestly don't have a sense of, like, what the love – level of play is between the NWCL and these. I am very, I'm looking forward to these games. I mean, the, the main argument for the NWSL being the best league in the world is that there's so much parity. Like look at Casey just beat the rain last night um, and, and got their first win. And, you know, that's, we can take on pretty much any team and we're in ninth place right now where in the French league, you know, it's Lyon and, PSG, and then they pretty much yeah. destroy everybody below them. And then in England, especially Leon. Like, yeah, and then in England, there's like three top teams, and they destroy everybody else. Maybe a fourth is kind of like hanging in there too. So the, it's the parity that makes us the best. But I'm I'm really interested in seeing how the styles of play match up. I mean, yeah. I know at least in England, it's in the women's game, it's a little a bit of a slower game than in the US, which is why it can take some time for people to adjust because it's technical and slower. We're a lot more physical, but I don't, I'm, I'm not familiar enough with uh, the French and Bundesliga women's sides to really gauge that. Yeah, you, you brought up a good point about the, the, um, the parity of the league, because when I was doing my, my research for this, I was looking at both Bayern and PSG, like, they each only, like, they had all wins except for like two matches I saw from from like the previous um, season. It was absolutely insane. So I'm like, are they just really good, or is everybody else just really bad? I had, I didn't have a really good good sense for that. Well, and stylistically, this will be interesting too because there's not, you know, we're not crossing the pond much to play them. And you know, in the men's um, game, when you're talking about like the best clubs in the world, they all kind of play each other through like the Champions League and whatnot. We don't. I mean, now that we have a North American team in the mix in this women's context, you don't get that that crossover as much. Um, and I wanted to mention, I guess, just some background again. Like PSG and Bayern are big names. Like if you're a soccer fan, you recognize those. And I, I think it's interesting for both of them to be the teams coming over for this Women's Cup. They're actually really similar in that I think both of them are really huge soccer clubs that I think have historically not had the same amount of success on the women's side as they've had on the men's side, but both of them had very, very good seasons last year. Um, um, and I think Bayern, Bayern more than PSG more than Bayern, uh, like they've only really recently started to get good. Bayern has been good. They just have not been as dominant as they are on the men's side. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think I saw the, they, they won the league last – Bayern won last season, and they were the runners-up the four seasons before that. So they, they have been – they've had a pretty good run for the last five years. Um, but um, – and I, I thought it was interesting. Um, PSG, the women's side, was founded in 1971, which is only one year after the men's side formed. So that's like 50 years. That's 
it's pretty incredible to have a women's team with that much history coming. And then Bayern also formed in 1970. So 51 years for them. So it's, it's two, uh, two teams with more history than I think you were typically used to seeing on, on the women's side, which is nice. Especially steady history where I don't believe they've been interrupted at all in that period and stopped and started again. I'm pretty sure they've been consistent. I mean, the only thing is I think for like, 30 or so years of that they weren't necessarily professional you know they were basically amateur but or they were fully amateur but still I mean they were still an established club but but played and had members so I mean that's definitely a whole lot of history yeah for on the Bundesliga side I think their their women's top league formed in 1990 so a a chunk of that history predates the (laughs) the league um and I think I'm not sure. I'm not sure in in France. I think it's the sim- similar timing for the for the league. I had I had no idea that PSG brand was as recent as it was. You said the 70s. Yeah, PS- so I, this is like a a thing. And I, I think P- European soccer fans like to be snobby about PSG because they they only formed in 1970. Um, <laughs> so th- as far as European soccer goes, they're a fairly recent club. I think they're actually. Uh, now you put me on the spot. I think like multiple existing clubs merged to form PSG, and that's 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 what happened in 1970. Um, but I'm not positive. But yeah, that they they have. I mean, 50 years would be great in American soccer. But yeah, for for Europe, that's a fairly new team. Yeah. Wow. You got me wanting to do a little bit of research on just that 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 whole club's history. That's interesting. I didn't realize. Yeah, because most of the time he sees English clubs starting the like 1800s and yeah, 17, oh, yeah. Uh, 1970s is is pretty late in Europe. I mean, like our oldest well, like clubs Bayern, are go back about that. <laughs> I think Bayern goes back to the 1800s, but the Bayern women's side, uh, Bayern Frauen, was yeah. 1970. Yeah, yeah, which is still really early for forming a women's team. I mean, it's yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good on both of these teams that they have they have supported the women's game for a lot longer than a lot of. I mean, like. Manchester United just formed their women's side two years ago. Whatever, so They had one previously and then stopped yeah. it and then started again. They've just been so inconsistent. And that's how it is with so many of these big clubs. Like, oh, should we have a women's team, I guess, for a little bit? Oh, it's costing money. We're not going to worry about it. I, I, I wanted to know it's, it's two good teams. And probably, I mean, if you had your choice, I mean, other than maybe Lyon and Barcelona, I mean, these are, as far as last season goes, uh, they both made the semifinals in the Champions League. Like, it's two of the best teams you could get to come here. You, Becky, you, your, your comment about the the English club starting and stopping the women's game and whatnot, it reminds me of, um, I can't remember the name of it, but there was a Freakonomics episode where they – they talk it's it's in the context talking about reparations but they talk about how like in the early like 18 like in the late 1800s like early 1900s there's this woman team that was like wildly popular and i cannot remember their name it's not a not a traditional club name but they like sold out like goodison park like that's everton's uh, stadium up like fifty thousand plus people and it and I, you know, long story short, basically the English FA just suffocated the women's game because they didn't want it like overtaking the men's game, and it's so, never been the name since. It's just it was a fascinating thing I had never heard about, and um, it's it was during World War Two, so no, it was oh. earlier than that. There Earth. was it was popular in World War Two, but it, wasn't it in World the, War Two like, is when they made the after World War Two is when they made the rule to just completely ban 
women's professional soccer, I think. Is that, am I remembering that right? I, that does sound right. Yeah. But there because it, it got really popular during the war because that when, when they shut down the men's leagues during the war effort, the women's teams were still playing and got very popular. And I, I do remember something about like the, the FA was really concerned about, about that and just made women's soccer illegal after that. Yeah, and didn't yep. the MLB basically do that to women's softball or baseball here in the U.S. too? I mean, there's a similar, yeah. There's a similar thing. There's a, the reason women play softball and not baseball is because it was threatening to men's that women playing baseball would get popular. There, exactly. Um, yeah. It's Dick Kerr was the uh, was the name of the club because I think it was the name of the factory where these women looked at, and I think it was yeah around the the first World War. Anyway, that's a. Uh, I mean, if if you guys haven't like heard about that 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 whole the particular saga tale it's really interesting and it's unfortunately sad that the, the women's game you know today had that not happened could have been at the yeah. same level as the men's game if not more but um but, but that was the whole thing they were trying to avoid so I know. I yeah. mean. but what, <laughs> they what, succeeded what, yeah what could what, exactly. what could have been and again i had no idea until i heard that that story and i found it very fascinating I'm sorry i got derailed but i got really excited about that so, yeah. so all right you guys want to dive in and we'll start uh, talking about these these matches and opponents coming up. I think we were we're going to start with uh, the racing Chicago matchup. Just touch on that one a little bit. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think the main thing to, to mention about the Chicago match is the fact that they've had some pretty critical injuries to their team recently. Alyssa Nair, the goalkeeper, obviously for the national team too, hurt her right knee, and so did Morgan Goutreau, who is a two-time World Cup winner, um, but not on the Olympic squad, so that hurts them. They also have Danielle Colaprico, Rachel Hill, Katie Johnson, Yanka St. Georges, and Aaron Wright, all potentially questionable, so I mean, they're really fairly decimated. We don't know if Tierna Davidson, Julie Ertz, and Casey Kruger will be back to play us but all the olympians for the teams that are um playing in the icc which is the tournament happening in portland at the same time as the women's cup are attending that tournament so there's a pretty good chance they will also attend to this one but it will be their first if, if they're back it'll be their first game back that's true because none of them played this past weekend yeah. And some context this episode for, for those of you listening is that we are recording before the Sunday match against Gotham. So as far as our situation goes, hopefully we don't have any sort of injuries or anything to talk about you know, after the fact with that. But we're assuming we have a full strength out roster. And I think it is also worth pointing out last time we, we played them was that outstanding match where we beat them up three nothing. I kind of feel like we're, they're not going to let that happen again. I do think this match, they're probably going to have the same number of players as us, which I think will be helpful for them. Yeah. Yeah, I also think that, oh, man, maybe it will pour with what the schedule is going to be. I mean, I think we're a team that thrives in chaos a lot more than they do. So when it absolutely downpoured and, like, the ball was, like, barely rolling on the field, we were like, haha, we can do something with this, where <laughs> I think Chicago just didn't know what to do with it. I, I think yeah. we are just a, a, a vaguely chaotic team. I, I think we <laughs> we have some very skilled finishers up top, and, and I guess maybe our weakness is that we don't always do the best job of like build up play and getting the ball to them, which I think is why like chaotic games like that really lend themselves to us. Because if we can just get the ball to the forwards and let them go to work, like Ebony Salmon and now Nadia, 
Like that's that's the sort of players you want doing that. So. Agreed. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yep. So we might not get that three no score line again, but I like to think that uh, we got a pretty good shot. But either way, no matter how that match, the outcome of that match happens, we'll we'll still have the opportunity to play either PSG or Bayern Munich. Yeah. Um, which do you want to cool. re- do some roster review for them? Yeah. Yeah. Which club yes, do you guys want to start guy. with? Dealer's choice. Uh, I guess let's start with PSG uh, just because they're first in my notes. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, they, so we mentioned they had a very good season last year. That's I think Lyon had won the French League 14 seasons in a row and that they were the first team to snap that win streak yep. last season. So that pretty big deal. But it, they also, roster-wise, had a lot of key players leave after last season. It, Obviously, several of them got, team is one of them. Yeah. One, yeah, their third leading scorer is on our team now. Um, and then um, uh, Inler, their, their goalkeeper, goalkeeper who was very good, she's currently up for um, European goalkeeper of the year, like the final three finalists. Um, she left for Lyon. Uh, and then, um, uh, Paradis, who, who was also, she was on the Champions League team of the season for them last, last year. She left for Barcelona. She's on the Spanish national team. So, um, so, and then Becky said they had a couple other key departures. Yeah. And for the life of me, I cannot remember who, because I tried to look it up and could not find it i don't think that they were as big names as the ones that we just listed um i mean endler yeah. was huge in the world cup huge in in women's soccer and nadim is obviously known throughout the world um but they they were pretty pretty decimated as a squad they still have a pretty strong squad yeah i mean i'm, I'm not trying to um dismiss them because i mean they do yeah. have Jordan Heidema, they have Diani, um, Katoto. Marie, yeah, Marie Antoinette Katoto, yeah. Ashley Lawrence. They yeah, just so she was there. Katoto was their leading scorer last season, so they still have her. And I think she, she is 21 She's goals. probably the yeah, she's the player to watch probably for me yeah, in this she, matchup. She's 22 and she has 116 goals for PSG already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 116 goals and 130 appearances. And she's 22. <sighs> Um, so getting a player that caliber to come here that's it's gonna be fun to watch (laughs) and then they still have um gold or canadian gold medalist um is it sydney lawrence ashley lawrence Lawrence. there we go yeah Ashley, ashley lawrence um so we will have a chance to see if she's playing by if she's back which i think i think the gold medal team should be back with their clubs but um, she'll be there, and then, yeah. And that, um, it was it Le, um, LeBay, the goalkeeper yeah. for um for for the Canada team, is allegedly yep. joining the ranks. Stephanie LeBay, who you know only conceded two during the uh, the penalty kickoff that got them the gold medal, um, formerly played for two years, I think, 2019 and 2020 for the North Carolina Courage. Um, is supposedly just about to get signed for PSG to replace Endler, and that's that's a good replacement. I don't think anybody in the, the whole 
world is practically as good as Endler, but I mean, she's definitely a solid pick. So that's definitely good for them. Yeah. Coming off a gold yeah. medal and she's probably still pretty pumped up. I mean, she was, she was, she was interesting to watch in that, uh, in that final in the shootout and stuff. She was really, really big into the psychology element of it, but she was really, really pumped up for that whole, uh, whole encounter. Yeah. She had a great tournament. Mm-hmm. It is worth um, mentioning too the PSG though are on a, a bad losing streak. They've lost their last three games pretty severely: zero three to Bordeaux, one to two to Roma, and five to one to Lyon. And Lyon is also weakened because like half their team or starters are seemingly in Seattle terrain right now. But have those all been friendlies? They're because I, I don't think they're sure that they were all has during the yet. Olympics too. So. But still, I don't know. Like that can yeah. affect mood, and you know. I guess technically, these games will be friendlies too. So that, yeah, doesn't change a whole lot. And I guess the one thing is the scheduling of this. Like there's just the time timeline you bring up. These are preseason games from, so they'll be playing a couple. Yeah, they've been playing in the in the um I missed the World Cup, the Olympics, and whatnot. But we're we're mid stride as far as like a that should be a big advantage for the for both Chicago and and Louisville is that oh. they're, they're in mid-season form whereas Bayern and PSG are both still yeah. in, in their preseason you can yeah you can't discount that I mean you can I mean it's, there's a world of a difference when you're when you're mid-season versus just getting back together even if these players have it's all the, played a lot together it's the excuse that MLS always uses for the Champions League <laughs> oh man <laughs> they have other problems too though <laughs> Goodness gracious. All right. So um, I think we talked, we talked about Katoto. Uh, I think you guys mentioned Detani earlier. She had uh, 13 yeah, goals. She was her last second season. leading yeah. scorer. So. And then nine assists. And Nani Nadim had 10 goals. So got a, quite a bit of offensive um, output. The, it looks like I'm looking here. Sandy Baltimore had seven goals, 11 assists. She's the assist leader on the team. That's right. I forgot about Baltimore. Yeah. Nadim had a really good season for them like per minute last year when I was looking at the stats, like she, she came off of the, she was a substitute for a lot of the season or was like subbed off that she, yeah. so she, she wasn't playing a ton of minutes, but like per minute, she was scoring a lot of goals last yeah. season. Now looking at this roster for Paris St. Germain, it's a young team. I mean, Marie, uh, we talked about Marie Antoinette Katoto, uh, 21 years old. Uh, uh, Danani, I'm not going to try to say that first name. Uh, 25 She's, years yeah. old. Sandy Baltimore, 20 years old. Like a lot of young. There's a girl on here who's 16. They do have one girl who's 42 on there, but the rest of them are quite young. <laughs> 42. That's really impressive. I'm that 31. And we, we, we struggle in our league. No, she's a midfielder. A field player. Wow. Yeah. Good for her. It's like Drogba old. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Um, you guys have any additional notes on uh, Paris Saint Germain, or should we move on to our German friends? As all I had on PSG, we move on to Bayern, unless Becky has anything. No, I'm good to move on. All right. So, FC Bayern Munich from the Bundesliga, hailing from Munich, Germany. Also, small thing. I like that. It's also the Bundesliga for the women. It's, I guess it's just with all of the other, most of the other countries have like a different name for the women's top league. And it's hard Mm. to keep up with. Cause I think it's in England, it's the women's super league. 
Um, in yeah, France, it's different. Me. It's not League One the way it is. I, I, I like that Germany, it's also the Bundesliga for the women. Yeah, nice little. Just a small thing. Nice little touch there. Um, so with their their roster here, um, I was looking at some of their their key players. Just going to start listing some of them off of uh, Leah Schuler. She had 16 Schuller. goals last season. She is uh, she's 23, so she's pretty young too. Cindy uh, Lohman, 21 years old. She had 10 goals last season. Yeah, she was my like player to watch because I think she's really on the rise for Germany. Rising stock. Yeah, it looks like she's been with uh, Bayern Munich for the past several years. Started playing when she was 16. Goodness, so young. Wow. Uh, we also have Linda Dahlman. She is 26 years old. She had six goals, eight assists last season. So contributing on the um, the assist side of things. And then Linda Magol, 26 Lina, years old. Lina Magol. Well, Lena, thank you. And yeah, she had... Uh, five goals, six assists. So I think those were some of the top players that I picked out looking at their lineups. I guess the one difference I'm noticing here with, between them and PSG is that I think there's probably a little bit more spread of the uh, of the goal count amongst players instead of some of these yeah. those high tallies we were seeing with the French team. I think the like German soccer philosophy, like so you you can see, like they they seem to play a lot more like total team football um uh i wanted to mention in in last year's champions league they had three players that made the like the all champions league team and they're all still with with them this season so they they did a lot they have kept a lot more of last season's roster than psg did so a lot more continuity there so they they may they may not struggle as much with the whole preseason thing as psg seems to be because they do have a lot of continuity still yeah. They do. They do also have two great Swedish players, Sofia Jakobsen and and Hannah Gloss, uh, who are just coming off the the silver medal. I think Jakobsen is is pretty young and fairly new to the Swedish national team. Not super young, but you know, in her twenties, I think early twenties, and is someone who's going to grow and be important for that team as they get deadlier and deadlier in the international level. So she'll be interesting to see. And Hannah Glass is just a, a solid defender. So, have any of them played in the um, in the um, NWSL? Don't think so. I think they've only played in the Euro leagues. Yeah, they, Germany keeps a lot of their players in their domestic league. I, I think that between men's and women's, because um, I I would I wanted I wanted to note that I guess with the Germany is the leading. Uh, as far as the women's champions league go goes German German teams have the most titles. So I think the German league has historically been very good in women's soccer over in Europe. And they have a lot of the German national team players. So. Yeah. Not many Germans do play over in the NWSL. Nadine anger is the one who sticks out in my mind. She's now a goalkeeping coach for, um, Portland so I mean it's been years since she played she actually did suit up for Portland during the challenge cup two years ago when all their goalkeepers were injured so that was kind of funny <laughs> but but yeah not not too many Germans come over here I guess Marajan is over here now um 
with the rain, but. Very interesting. All right, um, any additional notes on Byron or should we get to the part where we make bold, wild predictions? Uh, uh, did we, we didn't really cover the format for the Women's Cup at all. Did, did we wanna just, I yeah. guess, to lead into the predi predictions, just talk about exactly what it is and what, how, yeah. how it's gonna go down? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a pretty straightforward format. Zach, you wanna take, the, take it? Yeah, so um, uh, first round is this, com this coming Wednesday. Um, where the um, Louisville and Chicago, the two U.S. teams, will play each other, and Bayern uh, and PSG will play. It'll, it'll be a, it's a doubleheader, so they'll be back to back. I don't remember the times specifically. Five o'clock for the Euro teams, and seven or seven thirty for um, the 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 NWSL crossover match with the, yeah. the Red Stars. I, yeah, it, it, I, I guess it's good to note that 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 game will count as a league game for, for Louisville and Chicago. So and we it, did it, get, is, it is a regular season game. And we did get confirmation, should it go to a draw in the uh, NWSL play, it will still go as a draw, but there will be a um, an immediate shootout to determine yeah, who's yeah. advantage. Yeah, there will be no... have to all leave the field to end the game and then go back on it in order to... <laughs> oh, I didn't realize they're actually going to have to... Yeah. Like... Huh. Uh, but yeah, it will be, there will be no overtime. It'll go straight penalty kicks if any of these in the draw. Um, uh, and then, uh, is it Saturday? The second yep. leg? Yeah. So Saturday. Saturday, um, the winner of each of those first two matches will play each other. And then the loser of each of those will also play each other. So all four teams will get two games, win or lose. Um, and that'll decide first, second, third, and fourth, depending on the outcomes of those. And then that'll be another, another double header on Saturday. If you're a, I guess it's a good thing to mention that if you're a season ticket holder, um, your tickets will get you into both of those Wednesday games. Um, but the Saturday ones will be separate. But the Saturday much, is much a like separate playoff ticket. games. Yeah. Yep. Make sure you buy your Saturday tickets. I, I do think that there might be a bunch of um, season ticket holders who don't realize that they have to actually buy the Saturday tickets. So make sure you purchase them. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of and, and don't want to miss I guess it. for me personally, the Saturday matchups, regardless of if Louisville is playing in the one-two or the three-four matchup, those those to me are the more interesting matchups because, like, we played Chicago already. You know, yeah, that that's nothing new. It, it'd be really fun to get to see Bayern and PSG play, but as far as the the interesting matchups for me will be Saturday when we get to see. Chicago and Louisville play Bayern and, and PSG to get the intercontinental matchups. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pumped about that. So, so I actually have a, a question um, before we move on. With mm -hmm. so many games in such a short period of time, uh, I had been saying that there's four games in 10 days. There's actually five and 15 for Ooh, racing yeah. Louisville. So, I mean, that is a jam-packed schedule, and Holly has been very upfront about the fact, Christy Holly, that there's going to be a lot of rotation. Um, and obviously the, the league games matter more than the cup or the, um, you know, these essentially friendly games that we're playing. Yeah. So what kind of rotation do you think you're going to see? Do you think we're going to have like an almost full squad rotation? Like that last time in June when we had three games in a week, uh, you know, where we played uh, Houston one, 
that was Salmon's first game. And then we played North Carolina and basically the whole squad switched over except for like Savannah McCaskill. And then we lost yeah. zero two. Do you think that's basically what's going to happen again on Saturday? Like, do you think? So that- I, I, you mentioned because the Wednesday game is an actual league game. I, I would, ass- I would have to assume that we'll see the, whatever you want to call the A team or the first team. Like I, we'll see our, our main squad on Wednesday, I would assume. And Great. Saturday is probably the game where we'll see all the rotation. And what issue, I, we have a lot of depth to rotate up top. But I think one issue is as far as the back line and, and like midfield goals, we don't even really have a lot of players to rotate in there. So I think we're limited in the amount of rotation we can do, especially um, you know, depending on how injuries go. So I, I think uh, I'll be interested to see what the lineup is Saturday. Yeah, it will be interesting. And what I think this, what I think is going to be really nice about that is some players who haven't gotten much of opportunities. It could be their, their chance to really make a mark and kind of yeah. start nudging their way maybe more into the, into the conversation. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious in that regards to see how people do, you know, players who haven't seen a lot of action recently, like Brooke Hendricks or uh, Amina Ekic, maybe they can uh, yeah. relieve a lasting impact. I think for sure, barring injuries, I think we'll probably see a lot more of Ekic this week than we've seen normally, because oh, sure. I think that is some solid depth we can rotate in. Yeah, I mean, with the defensive side, I think generally, I'm very much generalizing here, there's not as much running and movement there so they're able to kind of play longer stretches of that so i think if there's one area of the pitch that has more rotation than other it's going to be it's going to be that that upper half i don't know if it's changed uh, but i I know bonner had been listed as questionable lately because of her eye and it was it was because you know she got that head injury and had the cut over eye so maybe her eyes still swollen and it's affecting her vision but but that that's we one know note. A lot of people questionable who I don't think are really that that questionable. So I don't know yeah. if that's a real or not, or an excuse to potentially rotate her when she might not truly desperately need to be rotated. If that makes yeah. sense. I think the only is Merrick still the only actual out. Yes. Listed. Yeah. Yes. She'll be out for a while, right? She'll be out for As a long time. Yeah, she had a fracture that she needed surgery on. Ankle. Oh, yeah. sur- oh, surgery. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, she had surgery probably about five or six weeks ago now. Um, Holly says that he doesn't think it's season en- ending at this point, but they're not yeah. They're not entirely sure. Ankle tends to be a little quicker of a recovery than ligament damage. I like think a, it a may fracture. have had some, yeah. some soft tissue damage too, though. That's yeah, the problem. It was a non-contact fracture. Isn't that weird? Yeah. It was... Uh, I mean, non-contact with another person. Uh, That's rough. Yeah, if you can still break broken ankles, there's yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize there's lots of stuff you can do with just your body weight. I I didn't realize there's an actual like break there requiring surgery. Yeah, because I think her her original injury was a it was a knee issue. No, it was back fracture. Back fracture the back in preseason. Yeah, so she has not had, She's had a tough go this year. Yeah, that's She's had rough. an incredibly tough go, and she is such a talented. Yeah, I, I am really. They like she should take all the time she needs to heal because I, I think she will be a very 
good long-term addition to the team. And so I, I would rather see her get that healed up right than rush back. I agree. I mean, she was our first draft pick in the expansion draft. I don't think there's any doubt that the plan was to have her and Bonner locking down the center um, with, uh, with Fox and Simon and then Ashley, Simon and Ashley on the other side rotating out. And so, you know, our, our, our defenders aren't really what I think they anticipated they would be with Merrick being out for all but yeah. like two games. I, I think, especially the way she played, when, she's only played less than 90 minutes. And I, when I was checking, like some of the advanced passing statistics, she's like second in the team in totals. On yep. Like she is by, she, she is thus far, like definitely the best ball handler of, of all the defenders we have. So she, she will be important when she's back. Yep. So, all right. I want to hear your guys' predictions. Who's going to win each of the matchups? And I'm also curious of the two foreign teams, which um, which of them you're, you're most excited to see. Becky, you want to start? Oh, God, put me in the hot seat. <laughs> I'm like putting I, you in the hot seat. Like I said when we started, I have absolutely no idea how this is going to go. I think we have a good shot of beating the Red Stars again. Um, I mean, if Ertz is back, they're going to be a thousand times harder in the midfield than they were, but Boutreau's also going to be out, so I guess that will diminish her impact to a certain degree. I think we can win it, but I'm still going to say that it's... I'm going to say it's going to be a draw because I don't have any idea how it would go. And then I... Who knows how... Have any of our players even ever taken a penalty before? They're so young that I have no idea how <laughs> oh, gosh. to shoot out. I didn't even process I mean, that. Thankfully... We have Betos at least to be in the goal for the penalty kicks. She's pretty experienced, but yeah. I mean, I guess Nadine have we had any penalties has... this season? I just thought about that. Nadim has converted a number of penalties. We've never had a. Yeah. I don't think we've ever had a penalty. I'm sure McCaskill has, but I'm trying to think of five players, and I don't think there's probably five. I'm pretty sure that like Yuki Yuki has to Yuki, have taken some penalties Yuki, at some point, course. right? Yeah. And I know, like, okay, this is a like, this is a fun. Here's a fun little segue. Like, who's the, who's the five if, we, if it goes to penalty kicks? Well, uh, the three we just named, Nadine, yeah. McCaskill, and, and Yuki. And then probably, I mean, if she's on the field, probably Kaiser? Malay. And Kaiser. Malay, yeah. Probably Malay and Kaiser. If, if Malay isn't on the field, I have no Ekic, idea. maybe, if she's in. It, it depends on how we're rotating. Ekic, if she's in, probably. She yeah. took several penalties in college and, and converted yeah. them. Um. I don't know. I, I'm always interested to see Fox in there just because I know I she has a good her. shot and wants yeah. to and score. She barely even she, tried She to places college. the ball. Like, anyone who's as good of a passer as her. I, penalties are interesting because you almost want great passers as much as, like, strikers. You want people who can really slot it in consistently to a spot. So Fox is a good pick, I think. Huh, that's going to be a real interesting test for him if it comes to that. Well, I'll be positive. I'm going to say that we're going to beat Chicago two to one. There we go. I like it. All right. What about PSG and Bayern? I think Bayern's going to have the the upper leg. I think that they've just been doing better. I know they were just friendlies, but I know they probably had a lot of rotation and the PSG was missing all their Olympians, but I don't know. I think with all the roster disruption, that's, that's going to affect um, 
that's going to hurt them more because this is the preseason. And so Baron's going to just have an upper leg simply by being um, a more steady, you know, carried over team. And I'm going to say that they win three to one. Oh, there we go. That's an exciting scoreline. I'm trying to, I want goals. You took mine. Clearly. <laughs> Zach, what'd you have? Uh, so, um, yeah. So I guess me and Becky have the same brain. Um, Cause I was also going to say probably a draw with Louisville and penalties for the, for the Chicago game. I say one, one. Um, and then, yeah, I also, for all the reasons Becky listed, I, I think Bayern should be a fairly, not super, I mean, they're both good teams, so not a super duper heavy favorite, but they've definitely, they've got more continuity from last year. So I think Bayern's the favorite. I'll say 2-0. So the score lines are the same for the okay. Bayern PSG game. Yeah, I mean, I, my mindset was in a pretty similar place to you guys as far as the Red Star matches go. I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be bold and say we're going to pull out the win. We don't even need PKs. It's going to be two one, and we're going to be pretty pumped and excited about that. As far as for the foreign team matchup, PSG versus Bayern, um, again, I think the continuity is going to play in their favor. But I'm going to give PSG a little bit more respect. I'm also going to say that is going to be a two one going the way of Bayern, and I'm a. I'm a big fan of all things German, so I'm very excited to see FB, uh, FC Bayern here. Now, guys, I have a real important and serious question to ask you guys. Should I wear my Lederhosen on Wednesday? Absolutely. I don't even see how that's even a question. The Lederhosen, Lederhosen with a bucket hat and then those aviators, I mean, that's a look. Nice. You're looking good. And my wife is going to pretend like she doesn't know me. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not even wearing oh, a bucket man. hat, let alone me going out in public and Lederhosen. <laughs> oh, if we could get some German food at the stadium for the game. Yeah, there's pretzels. I'm they a brats, don't they? Yeah. That, oh, uh, big news. They finally have vegan brats. Very excited. They've always yeah, they had have... vegan brats. They've had impossible hot dogs or sausages they finally did the signage so that i noticed they had oh okay well that 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 is the that's yes the fact that you can actually see it is a big difference (laughs) breaking news for zach so all right it's been settled i will wear my lederhosen and wear my hats and i'm gonna have a good old time double header and it's you know what it's gonna be hot in the lederhosen probably but i'm willing to tough it out i can handle it all right i can handle it all right, gang. Well, I'm very excited for this Women's Cup. Uh, it's going to be a whole unique thing. Uh, you know, to have these big global brands coming here to Louisville. Uh, another shot at some hardware. Bonus soccer we're getting. Just I'm all sorts of trophies. positive. Wait, is there a trophy? Yeah, yeah. There's a. They're unveiling it today, I believe. Ah. Today, yeah, because uh, I do write for them. I wasn't. The Gishop Trophy case could use could use. There was more. there was a press junket at the airport with both teams arriving, and like the mayor is going to be there to like welcome them. And they're I, I'm pretty sure they're revealing the trophy today. Cool. I, th- I think that was happening nowish, which we're recording uh, about one o'clock on. Yeah, on you Sunday. guys listening are in the future, so you already know what it looks like. I hope it's pretty. I hope it's big. I hope it looks like an actual trophy. That's the thing that gets me the most when like in the NWSL, they like (laughs) give out like glass vases or like they used to give out like the most horrible like wooden thing. Like, no, like give us a- They get too cute with it. What? It's a- 
just make it a trophy. Everyone wants a trophy to look like a trophy. Exactly. <laughs> don't don't try to overthink. This is a. I guess this came up on um, <laughs> Meg Linehan's podcast recently. Which, which if listeners, if you don't listen, it's a another really good podcast for keeping up with in-depth self stuff. But I think the league tries to run before they walk in a lot of things. Um, yes. Uh, but like, just get a solid trophy looking trophy <laughs> like don't, don't, that's not the area you need to reinvent the wheel i think that they, they are making a difference because the challenge cup this year was actually like a silver trophy like it actually yeah. looked like a, a trophy where last year it was like cut crystal which i mean okay that was during a pandemic so maybe that was part of the problem but yeah look, still, I could... like yes we want we want trophies we want actual like, we want trophies trophy. we want more cameras during <laughs> the game feeds with just the basics please yeah i mean i can get I, I can see the cut crystal not my favorite i can get that but would like whoever thought that i'm hung up on that like whoever thought that was going to be a good idea i don't care how new the league is like spend a little bit of money to have like the most prized possession in it not fucking wood yeah i i hope i'm remembering that correctly and not mixing it up with something else but i just remember them being right. like embarrassingly bad like <laughs> When when teams would win them and be like, oh god, like no wonder we people don't take us ser- like seriously. I remember thinking like no wonder just a big cup. All we need is a big cup. When we're like giving this like junky trophy <laughs> as like the, for all that hard work. So is it the I, one with I the player outline? It's a sign of professionalism when you actually try and like make it a bigger achievement. You know, to win something that looks good. Yeah. I'm I'm googling it. I'm googling stuff now. Is the current one the one with the the outline of the pl- the silhouette of the player, or is that an old one? I've actually now that I think about, it, I've never looked at any NWSL trophies. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> whatever. I'm just I'm hung up on the whole wood thing. That's weird. Okay, so hopefully you people in the future really enjoyed what you uh, what you've seen as far as the the trophy thing goes, and hopefully. We can keep it here in Louisville. I don't want flying back overseas or going north to Chicago. But we'll find out. All right, gang. Any uh, any parting thoughts on Women's Cup racing? Heck, Louisville City. Anything at all? Uh, I had one Louisville City thought. Because you, you specifically mentioned to me that you wanted me to bring it up. But whoever is in charge of design and branding at Tulsa, can we, like, poach them? Can they work for a little city? Because, man, everything they do looks so good. Like, their crest is great. All of their jerseys this season are super sharp. Their gold is actually gold on their, like, black and yeah. gold kits. Look- like, it's actually shiny. Yeah, the reason um, I, why you bring that up is I thought those, those, those were very clean, great kits. Yeah. I love the, the black and the gold looks really, really good together. They're, yeah, they did a alternate. We, their alternate we- is, like, based on a mural in the city, and it's really, like, bright and flashy. I'm, I'm yeah. pretty sure we did poach him for racing because it's Matthew Wolf. So oh, the Matthew Wolf did, did that? Yeah. Matthew Wolf did their crest. He, he did their he crest, did their, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I, I know when I saw their kit reveal, I think they actually, for their kits this season, they partnered with a local like clothing designer, which is why all their kits are so sharp. But yeah, they, cool. they do a really good job of like, whoever internally is in charge of like their branding and their look, they do a really good job of like incorporating the city into all the stuff they do, but everything looks real sharp and they have like one unifying 
like look that's consistent across all the stuff they do. They just they do a good job with all that. Yeah. So I, props to Tulsa. Yeah, I, I like that the black and gold kits they had last night. I was complimenting them as they were coming out. My friends were looking at me. I'm like, what? I can they can look good while losing. I'm not cheering them on. I just think they're they have nice kits. I mean, I love our kits this season. I, uh, so I mean, nothing against ours. I, like I, I think of the teams Louisville's played overall this played this season, I, I really like Tulsa. I, I kind of hope, hopefully, however the leagues get rearranged next season with East and West. Hopefully we can get some more games against Tulsa. It's been fun playing them this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with like Queensboro entering and stuff like that, I feel like they're going to fall more on the Western side. Yeah. So yeah. We'll maybe we can that. get some cross cross league games. Against yeah. Them. We need, we need more of that cross pollination. So at least NWSL doesn't have that problem. There's not some weird divide like that. So yeah. NWSL needs more teams before we can have East and West. Yeah. So, all right. Well, gang, I think that's about all we got. Becky, thank you as always for joining thank us and uh, thank you for and having us, helping educate us, dropping all the knowledge that you have. So, Becky, where where can people find you? Uh, I am at Suki is a cat on Twitter. Uh, S that's the most annoying name to have to say on things like this. S U K I I S A C A T. And she does a lot of great writing. If you're not already following, what are you doing? Get on that. Fix that. And Zach, what about you? Where can the good people uh, find people, you and your, and your awesome find me, takes? People find me lurking on Twitter at Zach W. Allen. Um, post about food at the games that's new to me. <laughs> Lots food. of wrong takes about the teams. I love your wrong takes. But people... If you're interested in me, the words I have to say, I'm Benson Newman. You can find me on Twitter at PurpleSDF. I am on that app far too often. Should be on the Bird app less, but I enjoy it. And I do a little bit of writing on the Vamos, not the Vamos, just VamosMarados.com. I like throwing those in randomly, apparently. I'm going to um, steal the, 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 that <laughs> website's not taken. <laughs> the Vamos Rossi. <laughs> I need to buy it real quick and have it redirect. Anyway, <laughs> check out my stuff there. State of Louisville. They do a lot of great um, great work on their website, and they're the ones hosting our fabulous podcast. So we're appreciative, as always, and be sure to check out their work and their growing body of work, just accompanying all sports, encompassing, that's what I meant to say, encompassing all sports here in Louisville, including soccer. So be sure to, to give that a look-see. So, gang, that's all I have. Thank you guys very much for tuning in, as always. We will catch you at the Women's Cup. Woo! See you guys Thomas Wednesday. LaVonda. Did I say that right, Lavanda? Oh, Lavender. Yeah. Go Lavender. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.